This is Womanhood. Welcome to Womanhood, a podcast created to empower and give voice to all women's experiences, which are typically stigmatized and silenced in society. I'm your host, Mimi Healy. Hi, welcome to Womanhood. Today I am interviewing the incredible Charlotte Magai who is the founder and CEO of Makuru Clean Stoves, and she is a leading environmental activist. She is from Kenya and grew up in the Makuru slum-dwelling area in the east of Nairobi. I am going to let her tell you about her life, but she is an absolutely phenomenal woman who has faced adversity in her life and turned around and used her story to make such a huge impact in the lives of those around her. I'm absolutely thrilled to have her on the podcast and honored to share the work that she's doing with all of you. Thank you for listening. I was reading online that you grew up in the Makuru slum dwelling in Kenya. Can you tell me a little about your childhood and how that affected the work that you do now? Um, so I, I grew up in Makuru, um, which is one of the biggest slum dwellings in Kenya. And um, at 10 years, I was an orphan. So my dad died when I was about two years. But and I grew up with my mom and my other siblings. Then my mom died when I was 10. And um, my older brother raised the rest of us. We were eight. And I was among the youngest, the three youngest in the family. And um, as you would know, in a slum dwelling, there is um, a lot of drugs, a lot of violence, a lot of crime mm-hmm. and um, poverty everywhere, basically. So I grew up around that. Mm-hmm. And at 16 years i became a teenage mom Mm. and as it is with you know most um girls who grow up in slums this is a possibility and it's the the numbers are higher than you know what you would expect in a normal neighborhood so i had to drop out of school at this time you know to fend for my baby Mm -hmm. and i and um my first job was basically selling charcoal um, across the road from where we lived and we used you know um, inefficient uh, stoves and um, mm. charcoal to to cook so when my daughter turned two years she suffered a very severe burn injury caused by a traditional stove so I think that was you know the first quarter of my life <laughs> 36 million Kenyans have their health impacted negatively due to exposure to household air pollution each year. 
and 84% of Kenyans use solid fuel like wood, charcoal, agricultural waste, animal dung, and coal. Over 15,000 deaths each year are attributed to household air pollution in Kenya, according to the World Health Organization. So burning solid fuels such as wood, charcoal, and agricultural waste in open fires exposes families to air pollution levels as much as 50 times greater than the World Health Organization guidelines for clean air. So how how did you create Makuru clean stoves? Um, so when my daughter got burnt, the idea, um, after she um, healed, obviously, the idea mm-hmm. was to really make a more stable stove that wouldn't cause, you know, so many um, burn accidents in children under the age of five. So in doing so is when I realized that the biggest problem with these stoves wasn't even the burns. The, the biggest problem was, you know, household air pollution. Mm-hmm. So we realized that we needed to fix all of these problems. There was also fuel consumption and the fact that families were spending up to a third of their, you know, household income on fuel costs. So we figured we needed to help reduce that as well as make safer stoves for children um, in my community. So that is how Mukuru Clean Stoves was started. Wow, that's amazing. So did, like, most of the families that you were growing up around, did everyone use the same open fire type stove? Um, and did, like, did you see a lot of people suffering from the throat infections and burns as well around you? So I think growing up, um, you would see that, but you didn't really recognize it because mm-hmm. it was the norm where I grew up. We used inefficient stoves. We used firewood. We used charcoal to cook. So it was a normal. So when someone got sick, when someone was suffering from respiratory tract infections, you didn't really... Um, like attributed to the fuel that you were using because we didn't know any better mm-hmm. so if if yeah like you would be coughing and there would be smoke but you wouldn't really kind of see that those two had any relation to each other so it wasn't really a big problem for me as a child because i didn't really see it until mm-hmm. i grew up and and it affected my my daughter is when i realized that it was a major problem and it was killing a lot of people and it was denying you know poor people opportunities all around you know the world maybe sub-saharan africa so that's mm-hmm. when you really wake up and realize uh, this is a problem that needs to be solved Definitely, yeah. These clean cook stoves can decrease fuel consumption by 30 to 60 percent and it reduces toxic smoke emissions by 50 to 90 percent and it lowers the risk of burns in children under five by 40 percent. Household air pollution caused by inefficient stove technology affects over 700 million people in Africa alone and it's in significantly increases the risk of acute respiratory infection, low birth weight, pregnancy complications, including C-section delivery and pneumonia. High levels of air pollution in households is responsible for over 1 million deaths annually in African children under five years old. And this is just in Africa. In so many other countries, they use these open fire cook stoves 
increasing household air pollution. And I read online that the stoves are created using recycled metal. How did you first create these stoves? Like, I'm fascinated to know how, um, I don't know, like how the first stove was <laughs> using this recycled metal. Yeah, that's an interesting question because when we first um, founded Mukuru Clean Stoves, um, we, we were using like um, metal sheets. So these were not recycled, these were new. Uh-huh. But then the costs were going high, were going really high, and, and our customers couldn't really uh, afford these stoves. Mm-hmm. And also, they were just a bit, they were weaker because, you know, metal sheets are weaker than, you know, recycled metal made from metal barrels. So that's where the idea came from, that we mm-hmm. could actually help um, with recycling and, you know, waste management, but also provide products that are cheaper because we get access to cheaper metal this way. And it's really, really strong because these are the metal barrels that are brought in. You bring in oil into the country using these metal barrels, and then you don't use them for anything else. So they're still very, very strong, mm-hmm. and and making them durable. And considering in poor households, in urban slums, and 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 rural areas, families are larger um, uh, mm-hmm. normally. So you have people living four to sometimes even ten people. So meaning they use bigger pots, they cook um, more like uh, bigger meals. So you want to provide them with a stove that's really strong enough to withstand the weight of the pots that they're using to cook. Mm-hmm. So that's when we decided to go the route of, you know, recycling metal instead of using new metal sheets. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. You partner with women from local groups to educate on the dangers of household air pollution and advocate for safe, cleaner stoves. Um, So what have you learned through working closely with the local women groups in the communities that you're serving? I mean, before we started um, working with them, the point when we realized we needed to work with them was when we found that lack of education you know just the lack of information on the mm-hmm. impacts of household pollution and the benefits of clean cooking for for poor households we we decided we needed to educate um our target market um mm-hmm. so we had to partner with um a group they would really really listen to now in 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 areas that i grew up in in the community in communities like mine you would uh find that the most popular groups are women groups because people really take them seriously because they work to advance you know the community economically even socially so we figured Mm -hmm. we needed to partner with them to get the education out there and to get more people to adopt clean cook stoves so that's how we first came up with the idea to work with uh partner with these women um women groups to bring our solution to the people in our community and from those partnerships is where we also got our sales agent so mm-hmm. how we work in Mukuro is that we manufacture the stove but we don't sell it we have we have women local women business owners who sell our stoves and they earn commissions on this uh, on every unit that they sell and mm-hmm. our stove is um, they go for ten dollars each and you get a 10 percent commission on every unit you sell so in this way we're able to you know empower mothers even mm-hmm. um, who are there, who then in turn are able to you know provide better lives for their families 100 percent of sales agents are women and 85 percent of the staff 
live in the communities which they serve. The cook stoves are made using locally sourced recycled waste metal, which reduces production costs and makes the products affordable for their target market. Going off of what you were saying with being able to provide for your family, and um, I know that a big part of your work is poverty alleviation. Um, how does Makugu Clean Stoves help with poverty alleviation in the communities that you're working in? Um, and how have you seen firsthand how that's affected families? Um, yes, yeah, so um, how our work addresses uh, poverty, we address poverty in three different ways. So first, we age, we train um, local youth. Uh, so these are young women and young men. We train them on the production of clean cook stoves. And then, and then we hire them as our artisans. And then um, we partner with women groups who sell our stoves. So you see when a woman who owns a, a small business in a village market decides to come on board um, as a sales agent, this helps them uh, raise their household income by up to $7 every month. So this already is giving them an opportunity to provide, um, you know, a better education for their children, just buy more food that's, you know, better their business. So um, that helps them with that in a way that uh, in a matter of, you know, a few months, they're able to now run better businesses, get more profits, and, you know, all that income uh, is taken back home. You know, women, mm -hmm. as compared to men, when women go out to work, their 90% of their income go back to their households. So when you yeah. empower a woman, when you help her increase her household income, you're indirectly helping her daughter who needs a new uniform, who needs to be able to, you know, purchase uh, sanitary towels so that they, uh, you know, you're able to keep them in school so they get, you know, uh, education uh, on the same level as, you know, their male counterparts. Mm -hmm. And um, in terms of uh, households, how Mukuru Clean Stoves helps is that when you use our clean cook stove, you reduce your fuel consumption. And every week you're able to save up to $2 on fuel consumption. Mm -hmm. Now, if you invest this directly in better meals um, and also the reduced costs on medicine that you buy when your kids keep suffering from you know, respiratory tract infections, it also changes your standing in the society. It also provides you with an opportunity to go out there and work instead of, you know, taking care of a child who's almost always sick because of household pollution. It helps them mm -hmm. stay in school and it really just helps you have provide a better life for your family. So those are our ways in, in enabling people in our community to be able to provide better lives and kind of try to get themselves out of poverty. So it's a mm -hmm. slow but a really, really like effective way mm -hmm. because yeah, but when you're reducing your cost, you're also learning that you needed to use a different kind of fuel, um, a more efficient stove, and your children needed something better. So I would say those are our three main ways of helping communities reduce poverty. Mm -hmm. Something I was thinking about recently is just how such a kind of small change in the grand scheme of things, like just one stove how that can make such a holistic difference in a family's life. Are there any, you know, seemingly kind of small, like one fix solutions, like providing a stove for a family, let's say, 
that you've heard of since, you know, doing your work as an activist in other parts of the world or in other parts of Africa that you're interested in maybe like branching out into? Um, so I wouldn't say branching out into, I, I think I'm going to stick it out with um, cookstoves for the foreseeable future. But there are mm-hmm. two things, two uh, poverty alleviating products that I know that I've seen change people's lives. And I would say that is solar and reusable sanitary towels for mm-hmm. girls in, to help them stay in school. So I'm, um, Solar really helps also with the education of the family. Children are able to, you know, read after they have dinner so that they're able to compete with their other friends and classmates who probably have access to electricity. So solar instead of, you know, um, kerosene lamps, Mm -hmm. um, and that also reduces household air pollution and the problem with that affects, you know, even the eyesight eyesight and health of the children. So solar is a really major, a big made a contributor to, you know, poverty alleviation and sanitary towers in regions where there are some regions in in underdeveloped countries where young girls are taken advantage of because they do not have access to something as simple as um, sanitary towels. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I saw that we were provided with that because I was provided some sponsorship when I became um, an orphan and we were able to get access to free sanitary towels. And I did not experience all the pains I would have if I did not have access to that. And I have seen people providing that solution and I have seen how it has helped keep girls in schools and stop stop mothers from worrying about their children staying home, maybe with just um, some guys hanging around, maybe ready to pounce on your children. So I mm-hmm. think those are the two contributors, you know, to uh, poverty alleviation that I know that I would like to, you know, applaud. Mm-hmm. And that I, I would say alongside cookstoves is we, if we just stick it out and provide them efficiently to more households, then we will enable, you know, more households to you know, get out of poverty. A UNESCO report estimates that one in 10 girls in sub-Saharan Africa misses school during their menstrual cycle. This can mean that up to 20% of a school year is missed because of menstruation. Access to adequate information, preparation, and support to manage healthy, safe, and dignified menstruation can help end this. But this is not only in Africa. Around the world, girls miss school at alarming numbers due to lack of access to sanitary products or lack of funds to afford those products. In the U.S., nearly one in five girls reported having missed school for lack of adequate period products. In the U.K., one in ten girls reported to have been unable to afford period products when they needed them. Unfortunately, this is so much larger than just a single family issue the government plays a huge role in this Um, for example in the u.s programs developed by the government to supposedly aid in poverty alleviation like the supplemental nutrition assistance program or snap benefits which are food stamps um, and the wic which is the special supplemental nutrition program for women infants and children 
Both classified pads and tampons as luxury products and are not covered by those programs. Other things that are not covered are like cigarettes. I went to the store the other day and bought the cheapest products I could find for my period, which is monstrous. And I usually have to go through two boxes of tampons, not including pads and liners. And I spent $36 just on period products. I'm trying to transition to the menstrual cup, but it's a slow process. But anyways, $36 just on period products. Girls around the world miss more school days because of periods than flu, holidays, and other absences combined. So when girls have to drop out of school because of menstruation, it's not just a health issue. It becomes an economic, social, and political issue. According to a report by the World Bank, a woman's future earnings grow with every extra year of primary education. So when a girl receives an education, she is more likely to marry later, have fewer and healthier children, and is less likely to experience sexual violence. We can address menstrual health, shame, stigma, period poverty through education, policy, and resources. As Charlotte said, Solar can also make a huge difference in the lives of people worldwide. Increasing access to energy is critical to ensuring socioeconomic development in many of the world's poorest countries. An estimated 1.5 billion people in developing countries have no access to electricity, with more than 80% of those living in sub-Saharan Africa or South Asia. So expanding access to electricity in developing countries usually tend to focus on increasing centralized energy from fossil fuels such as oil, gas, and coal by expanding grid electricity, but this can usually be impractical or too expensive. Also, this does not help with climate change as power already accounts for 26% of global greenhouse emissions. Solar can have a huge effect in providing electricity for families, especially in sub-Saharan Africa where it is such a huge problem. And as Charlotte said, it can provide so many benefits, one of them being access to do homework later at night or early in the morning to ensure that you make it through school and socioeconomic, political, social benefits that come from having an education. So going off of that, actually, what have, this is a very vague question, but what have you learned through being an activist and businesswoman? I know that you're still, you know, pretty young in terms of your success. Um, It's amazing what you've accomplished. And yeah, what what have you learned and what can you share with other women? I think because, you know, I haven't been here for a long time, so I'm still learning and I still have a great deal to learn. But so far, what I have realized is like, if you want to be a business, you know, woman or an activist or just help people, you find something that you really love, something you're passionate about. And you keep working at it. You just stay on it because nine times out of ten, it pays out. If it's Mm -hmm. something that is really going to impact the lives of people living in poverty, I think um, all you can do is really work hard at it and try to keep innovating and it's going to pay out. You're going to look back at the numbers of people's lives that you have impacted and really be shocked at what you've been able to achieve. 
So I think my biggest advice to anyone, not just women um, entrepreneurs, is find something you really, really love and mm-hmm. stick it out. Mm-hmm. So you were the grand prize winner of the 2019 Global Citizens Award. Um, can you tell me how this will positively impact your work and the organization's mission? Um, so we won the award in um, 2019, October, uh, September. Mm-hmm. And since then, what we have achieved in a matter of, what, nine months has been really, really amazing. Like, it's only been nine months, but the prize money that um, the Waste List Award provided and the visibility that came with that has really helped move us from a small organization only impacting maybe 20,000 lives to now we've already reached over 20,000 households and there are 100,000 people benefiting from clean air in their homes. We've gotten, you know, access to more partners, more resources. So Mm -hmm. this award really helped get our name out there and get partners to you know, trust trust in what we are doing. In in essence, it validated the work that we're doing at mm-hmm. Mukuru Clean Stoves, and it kind of gave people an okay to want to partner with us, to want to walk, you know, this journey with us. So, right now we're doing a scale-up project in Western Kenya, mm-hmm. and we're trying to get um, our solution in in three different counties, and. The idea is to get our stoves um, into 50,000 households in wow. 18 months. And we've already reached about 10,000 um, households since um, we began it, We began this project with other partners like, you know, uh, EEP Africa and the Adventure Project. Mm. So it's just been a really, really brilliant journey. And the Waste List Award kind of helped really helped with that or made that possible how can listeners of the podcast support mukuru clean stoves and where can you donate or purchase a clean stove for a family um so if you want to um support us in terms of you know buying a cook stove for a family or two um you can fund a project so we work with uh two different organizations we are, we work with uh, an organization called just peoples Mm. And um, it's based in Australia, and we also work with Raw Flower Inc., which is based in the U.S. And they run these projects where you fund you 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 fund a cook stove, so you can pick because it's ten dollars. You can pick to fund one, you know, adopt one household or ten, just what you're able to. But through those um, two organizations, then we're able to you know get the cook stoves into the households. You can also get to pick where you want, you know. Mm-hmm. where you want to impact lives so you can decide you want it to be in western kenya or in central kenya or in one particular area in, in western kenya but i think that would be that is the mo- the best way to um to partner with us or, or donate a cook stove to a household you can purchase a cook stove for just 13 dollars through justpeoples.org you can find her on instagram at makuru clean stoves and go to their website to learn more about the incredible work that she and her organization are doing. Um, so just 
$13 can make such a massive difference in a family's life. That's two coffees, that's one meal out, and you can buy three cook stoves for $27, which is what I did, and I've thought about it so many times since making the purchase, just hoping that it has made a difference in this family's life. Thank you um, for, you know, wanting to, uh, you know, tell the world about us, showcase the work of Mukuru Clean Stoves, and hopefully I would like for this to inspire a young girl somewhere or a young woman who's looking to start a business or an NGO to help out, you know, people living in poverty. I hope my story inspires them to realize that they can get it done and in a very big way it'll surprise them. So mm-hmm. I I hope um for any if anything I'm able to inspire just one person, that would be really awesome. After I turned off the recorder, Charlotte shared some really great silver lining information with the coronavirus pandemic that The coronavirus pandemic has caused many families to stay at home together and many people to lose their jobs, especially in Africa where they've been hit so hard and are already economically um, less developed than some other countries who have been hit hard by the pandemic. So a lot of men have actually been at home witnessing the cook stoves and the work that the women have been doing while they've usually been out at work and Charlotte was saying that this actually has given the opportunity for men to become more invested in their family's health and has led to more purchases of the Mukuru clean stoves. I will provide all of the links on Instagram and Facebook to Charlotte's personal Instagram account, Makuru Clean Stove's Instagram account, justpeoples.org where you can purchase a cook stove, and to Makuru Clean Stove's website. Please check them out. Please consider donating and have a wonderful two weeks. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and healthy.